Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Of course, to be fair, an absolute superstar when it comes to Tasmanian racing is Peter Staples, and he joins us, and he's he will, each and every Friday right here on Tas Racing Talk to kickstart what's going to be a big weekend. Pete? Hello to you. Yeah, good day, Cam. Good day, Brownie. It's great to be a part of the show. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? There, there is so much going on, and we're going to talk uh, over the the spring and summer months about everything that's happening, you know, in Tasmania over the weekends. But we are seeing more and more of these Tasmanian horses. A couple that we did mention who were heading and taking on some of the big Group One races in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, well, Siggy's mare racing today. She's um, she thinks she's she's a sneaky chance, uh, full knots ahead to be a sneaky chance to you know, get into the minor cups and then maybe have a look at the bigger ones. Uh, she's always been a good stayer and uh, she's just starting to hit the line well. So um, today I'll give her a better indication. Anytime, I don't know about you, Brownie and, and, and Pete, uh, I don't know about your thoughts on this, but anytime I see a Tasmanian horse, because I feel the Tasmanian trainers uh, giving the horses a huge chance to, to grow into themselves, to mature, and then they don't necessarily jump on the spirit of Tasmania or head to a Group 1 or a Group race or a listed race in Melbourne or Sydney without having a legitimate chance. Mm. That is why here in Melbourne in particular uh, at SEN Track headquarters and when it comes to the spring, we do look at them and I think a lot of punters jump on because we know they're fully prepared for what they're about to go in. It's not just simply a throw at the stumps. Well, I had this conversation with Brownie when he was last in Tassie. And you remember, mate, we talked about you know, the quality that we send over. And, uh, it, and all the people all around Australia um, are starting to take notice. So I think the inevitable, when he won the, the, uh, the Silver Eagle, and we all know what happened doing in the Golden Eagle, um, yeah. getting smashed about. But I think that says a lot of things. And Scotty Brunton has been a, um, you know, he's been great for Tassie Racing because he's been prepared to take them over and expose them at that level, and of course Adam Trinder with Mystic Journey, and not just Mystic Journey, but other horses, when they believe there's a race that suits them, they'll get on the boat and go over and do it. And uh, probably the one that started it all off was the cleanup with Vicky Burles. No doubt about that. Do you think that um, Scotty Brunton would have had one eye on the, the weather forecast before uh, he... Um he had a look at shot of Irish for tomorrow because we know that the horse loves to sting out of the track. Now, um, Mooney Valley's a good three right now as we speak, but there is significant rainfall meant to, to come down over the next 24 hours. They'll be racing on a soft. I don't think it'll get to a heavy, but perfect conditions for shot of Irish and, and Talia hope should, uh, should relish the ground. Yeah. Well, Scotty is really good at playing. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good. So, uh, uh, hopefully, he can play extra hard and get the right, right, uh, right surface. It, it's run uh, a couple of weeks ago in that incredibly fast 1,500-metre race where Sovereign Award tried to break the land speed record. And yeah, it, it took it, off. It, to be fair, it, Shot of Irish took the peloton up after Sovereign Award and was able to hold on. The Graves went up to it on the bend and looked like would run past, and then Shot of Irish was able to beat it home. So, I think it was Skyman that got up on the inside and ended up beating it. But if you're able to find a bit of a slower pace tomorrow, I think with this rain, as Brownie touched on, uh, at Mooney Valley, or at least be forecast. I, I must tell everyone, I know Jane Bunn, but I, I legitimately think that Shot of Irish is a huge chance tomorrow. What do you reckon, Brownie? Go hard to place and a little bit to win? Oh, I think it's a pretty nice price, mm-hmm. yeah. I know it's a good, really good field, but it's, current, it's raining at the moment, and um, 
Uh, $10 the win, um, over $3 the place. Yeah, I think it's a a perfect each-way play. Oh. So there we go. The Tasmanians right now are just starting to really warm to a horse. Get, and, of course, automatic into a Cox Plate. And then the, the stories and so much of that narrative around the cleaner back in 2014-15. We'll start again with this horse. Well, you know, it's funny. Talking about the cleaner, I had Ben Dorries from News Limited um, and he's doing a feature piece for the Herald uh, Sun tomorrow uh, about the Fian. And he rang up and just to check a few bits and pieces about the cleaner. Um, and also, he's going to have a talk to his daughter, Carissa. Um, and uh, she was very, very close to her dad. And so he's going to have a little special feature piece on the cleaner. Uh, on Fian Day tomorrow in uh, in the Herald Sun. Oh, looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. It's such a big weekend all around the state. And, of course, a couple of these Tasmanians taking on some big races in Australia. But a, a man, well, he just continues to get the job done. I, I speak of Graham McCulloch. He joins us on the line right now as well. Graham, welcome to Tas Racing Talk. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good to be on. Uh, I tell you what, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. But uh, talking about good you must have been feeling pretty happy last Sunday because any time you can uh, farewell a horse in the winner's stall, it's always a, a nice way to send it off to stud. Yeah, no, I was very pleased that she finished her career off with a with a win. She's won her last two now before she went to stud, so that was good. She's been a very good mare since we've bought her and, um, yeah, done a good job. I speak of Galway's girl who who, who won the last, uh, last week. Was that always the plan to uh, have a crack at this preparation, see where she ends up, or did it sort of change halfway through? Well, what is the planning when it comes to, and of course you being a breeder as well, when it comes to placing these mares and when they're getting retired? Yeah, look, um, so since we've bought her, we've won five with her, and um, uh, that's only a bit over 12 months, and so she's done a very good job, and she probably should have been very unlucky in the Devonport Cup. She sort of raced uh, three wide with no cover and she was a kilo overweight that she carried and, and only just got beat. So she, And it, would have been, it was tempting to continue on this year with her to try probably again at a race like that, but uh, she's uh, just turned six, so we just felt it was time for her to go to stud. She's very nicely bred mare, and um, so we just thought, uh, yeah, she's probably better off at stud now. You've gone to the top shelf, Graham. You've gone to... Uh... Um, Darley's number one stallion exceed and excel, and I just checked the service fee, one hundred and thirty thousand. So probably West One won't find its way into the uh, Tasmanian sale. Yeah, I might have to uh, come and come and get a loan <laughs> off you, Pete, to pay for the service fee. But um, any time, yeah, any time. <laughs> we just felt that uh, it was an ideal stallion for her to go. I mean, she's beautifully bred. She's by I'm invincible and. Um, out of a stakes-winning pinch mare, and um, we just felt seeing Nick Sells, uh, I mean, he gets he's a proven stallion, and he gets early goers, so we just thought he'd be an ideal stallion to start a career off, hopefully, on a you know pretty good winning note early with a progeny. Well, you bought her specifically to be a broodmare, didn't you? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yep. All right, well, uh, well she's going to uh, the Fastnet Rock Stallion, uh, sorry, um, to exceed and excel. And your fast net rock stallion, uh, Zululand, um, boy, wasn't he impressive at his first, uh, the first progeny that went through the ring this year's sale at uh, the Tasmanian Magic Million sale. Um, great result. You got two that sold for 100000 each and one for seventy five. Gross 631 from 15 lots that were sold. Um, average 42000 You would have walked away with a huge smile on your face. 
Yeah, look, uh, they were lovely horses, but we was, you know, very excited the way the other people perceived they were at the sales. They they were the talk of the sale, and um, and good judges bought them. Like um, McAvoy bought one for a hundred thousand. Lindsay Park bought one for a hundred thousand. Gordon Richards bought one for seventy-five thousand. So all the good judges were on them. So hopefully, now that they are in good stables, they can perform well and then set off his stud career. I, Graham, well, I'm interested. In, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask Graham, like when it, when it comes to like sitting down and you know you map races, you you look at horses, you train, and you map here, you go there, and all the other things. So there's a great deal of research into it when it when it comes down to sitting down and. And, and, and mapping that broodmare and, and where's it going to go and who's it going to go to. it. How much research goes into that and, and how much time do you spend on sitting down and, and, and trying to pair the right stallion with the particular horse that you have? Yeah, well, my son Bart and myself do it and uh, I sort of try and match them up probably more on confirmation and what stallion would suit what mare as in, you know, confirmation probably speed-wise. Yep. He does... Um, he does the pedigree matchups, so he's he's into that, whereas I'm not. But um, so we just sit down and have a talk about it and work out which stallion we'd think could suit that particular mare the best, and yeah, go from there. Well, Brownie, you would have come across Bart, Bart McCulloch, uh, Graham's son, because um, when he played for Brisbane, I think you were playing for the Gold Coast. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's all. I've, I was at the Gold Coast 2011 till. The end of 2013, so uh, my three years there, and then uh, yeah, it might have been before. Yeah. about ten years since uh, 11 years. But I think about 31 now. He was drafted when he was 18. Yeah, 18 to Brisbane. So yeah, so it's probably about 12 years ago. I yeah. just turned 38 I'm... on the weekend. So geez, times uh, times flown. I'm sure. If, I'm yeah. sure if he ran into you, Brownie, on the on the field, he would have. Finished up second best. <laughs> this, this, this is my issue. This is my issue, man. Anytime we have a, a guest that ends up, there's a link to a former player. Brownie's normally giving him a cheapie behind the ball. So for a split second, I got a little nervous where this convo was going. <laughs> but it's, uh, look, it's, it's good. I'm interested in the one that you didn't sell at the sale, Graham. Uh, that was the Zululand Philly. Now, the reason I ask is that Turk Warrior, that was. Tassie's best two-year-old, unbeaten from six starts, won all the features, classics. Um, he was uh, he was passed in at the sale too, um, wasn't he? And uh, he was bought after that. So have you sold the filly that was uh, uh, no, we're, no, we're breaking her in at the moment. And, um, yeah, and Turk Worry was the same. as so say we took him to the sale and didn't get a bid for him. Um, uh Sold him, uh, well, well, I think we had a 30000 reserve on him. We really liked the horse, but um, uh, didn't get a bid. And then uh, we broke him in, and, um, uh, and someone bought him after we'd broken him in, and we had him, oh, I think we put him, might have put him in a jump out or something, and they give us good money for him. But uh, as it turned out, it probably wasn't enough now, but good luck to them, and they've done well, and uh, they've come back and bought a couple more yearlings offers at the sales this year, so... Yeah, all good. Hey, Graham, you do a lot of it, obviously, yourself. Do you break them in yourself? You, you got your own little uh, pre-breaking area down there or does someone else do it for you? Uh, no, we do it ourselves. Yep. Not that yep. I ride anymore now, but, um, yeah, I've got uh, workers that uh, ride and uh, good good riders and, yeah, good with young horses. So um, uh, we've broke, I think, four Zulu lands in this year and 
they seem to have very good brains on them. They're quick learners, and, uh, yeah, so hopefully they'll get the track running. Hey, before we let you go, we always appreciate your time and no better guest to kickstart Taz Racing Talk. Uh, I, I will ask you, though, you do seem to do everything, and I want to know when you're going to have another winner. Can you give you – you got a bit of an idea as to when you might have one running soon that you think might go okay? Um, I've got a couple in on Sunday. Uh, they're both in the same race, but they're a little bit unknown because they're both having their first starts for me. One's having its first race start, and its trial's very nice. A horse called Wayne's Quest and ran a good time in a trial. Drew drew wide, but um, it did show quite a bit of gate speed the other day. And then I've got a horse having his first starts come over from John McArdle, uh, a horse called Poet Warrior, but he's drawn wide too. So um, I think they'll both go fairly good, but I wouldn't like to split them because I just, yeah, I'm just a bit unknown with both of them as soon as they're having their first starts for me. When you do uh, pick up another horse from a, a trainer like Johnny McArdle, Poet Warrior, how long does it take you to to just learn the little idiosyncrasies and get to know the horse uh, enough? Yeah, look, I, um, it does take a little while to work them out, but I mean, I, I know John well and I talk to John and he tries, you know, passes on as much information as he can. Yeah. Uh, we mainly sent this horse back over here because he's test bonus um, eligible and... Um, uh, so they thought they'd send him back over here to try and pick up the Taz bonus with him. Um, and uh, But it does take a little while. I haven't sort of uh, been very hard on him since he's been here. I've only had him about three or four weeks, but um, I thought um, I'll go a bit light on him for a start and just see how we go with him. But, uh, yeah. Well, we look forward to it. We look forward to Sunday as well. Uh, a couple of debutants, always exciting. Graham, we appreciate you jumping on the line, having a chat to us. Good luck for not just this weekend, but uh, the spring and the summer going forward. Okay, good to talk to you. Graham McCulloch, a man who's done, well, as he just explained there, everything. Breaks them in, trains them, breeds them, sells them, gets other horses, makes them, helps them win. He does it all. And he's been doing it for a long time to somebody who's going to join us now, who's been doing it. For a shorter amount of time, but at a very high level, I speak of last season's leading apprentice, Cody Jordan. Cody, hello to you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for jumping on the line. Uh, <laughs> great first year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It was definitely a very, very good year. I just, yeah, I never expected it to go the way it did, and I can't complain with how it went. Look, Cody, when anyone becomes a professional athlete, and I'm I'm sitting one next to one Campbell Brown, a former pro athlete in, in the AFL ranks, they, they just assume that when they roll into it, it's they're going to have some success. But even in your wildest dreams, do you think you'd have this type of first year? Uh, it's something you kind of always hope for, but at the end of the day, it was just, it was never, you know, like I never had massive goals or massive achievements. It was just to kind of get through the year and just, keep learning and so for the outcome to be what it was it was pretty aesthetic. Cody got a good book of rides on Sunday in Devonport uh, starting off in race one with DeRoach. Um, what what are you going in on Sunday the most confident on? Yeah I would think DeRoach. I mean I've had a couple of sits on her now and she's just a very classy mare so I am very excited to ride her and grateful that they've put me on because it's not like she's carrying too much weight or anything so yeah, I think that that'll be starting the day a good way. Cody, you've uh, you've also taken the ride on that first starter for Graham Wayne's Quest that you rode in a trial recently, one by five lengths, 
ran the 848.19, quickest of the day. How did the horse feel to you? Yeah, he feels really good. He's still like, I mean, he's still a young horse that's never raced and you can feel that. But at the same time, he knows what he's got to do. And, yeah, he ran a really nice time in that trial and a previous jump out. He actually did a very similar thing and ran a nice time. So he's very exciting too for all the connections. And I'm hoping from the wide gate we can use that early gate speed and have a bit of luck. Oh, well, you've come a long way in a short time, really. And uh, But there was a stage where your parents uh, were adamant that um, you couldn't just jump into being an apprentice jockey. Just give us a bit of the story. Yeah, well, I worked for Ange Brakey in Sheffield for probably just over four years. And all that time, I was just riding track work. And mum was actually up there as a stable hand too. And she got to see the size of it and how, you know, like they're not a big crazy animal most of them are pretty tame and but dad from the sidelines never really got to see a lot so when I come time to trying to tell him that I was going to give it a go as an apprentice it was probably a bit much for him but he's come around he's come to it quite a fair few race days now and he he actually gets a bit excited I think now so (laughs) which is good. Cody what what would you say is the uh the biggest thing being an apprentice jockey is it um, is it the weight? Is it expectation? Is it the pressure? What what do you find? It's a great job, um, but do you, do you find that sort of the most uh, grating or, or something that frustrates you the most about jockey life? Um, I think like there is so many positives to it, and every time you cross the line on a winner, it's just a massive massive positive but I guess the downfall is there are a lot of negatives you know there's a lot of downsides sometimes it could be your weight kind of you know you can't just go out and do what you want you need to keep that in the back of your mind and I guess in some situations the pressure is quite it is half daunting I guess like you can see I had a really good role you know getting towards the end of last season and then I actually had in sight that I could win the premiership and I didn't think the pressure got to me, but um, looking at on paper and replays and stuff, the pressure got to me because my riding just changed a bit. And So, yeah, like for all the positives, there are downsides, but the good definitely outweighs the bad. So. Well, when, you, when you're doing what you did in that first year, it definitely outweighs the bad. Congratulations for an outstanding <laughs> star. We, we haven't even been able to get into the couple of uh, missions you come to Victoria early in your career and just went bang, bang, bang <laughs> straight up there too because we are running a little bit of shorter time, but there is no doubt you'll, uh, you will be a, a constant on the Taz Racing Talk radio show. We look forward to chatting again real soon. Thank you very much. Absolute superstar. Cody Jordan going in the right way. Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, and, of course, Peter Staples. Now, Pete, I think we're going to say goodbye to you here. Mate, you got something for us on the weekend, one that us and the listeners should just put a little bit of money on? Get your pen out, Brownie. Got it. Race, Got it Brown. three, race three, number five, Tassie Miss, Adam Trinder's mare. She's, she's got to win this. It's just a race that says I'm going to win it. Race three, number five, Tassie Miss. And race five, number one, Michael Trinder's horse, Possession, the grey horse. Um, he's better than Dargo. Um, so whatever they put up, get, because I reckon he'll start a short price favourite. And if you want something at real value, this race two that we talked about, the Graham's got a couple in it. I think there's a, a, a roughy that's got a real good chance first up, and that's Champagne 
Cinders. Race two, number 12, Johnny Black as Philly, Champagne Cinders. She contested some of the two-year-old races last season against uh, Turk Warrior. And uh, I like this filly. I think she's going to go places as a three-year-old. And I think she might show up despite the wide draw in race one. Yeah. Oh, sorry, race two. Race two, 12, Champagne Cinders. Now, now, Pete, as we say farewell, we are hoping that, that that grain of confidence that I can pick up in your voice there is one that's going to continue each and every Friday. So uh, I look forward to you just dishing out winners left, right and centre. Great for you to be a part of the kickstart of the show that we have. Brownie and I are so excited to be involved. So thank you, and we'll talk again soon. It's great to be aboard, boys.